0: I always laughed when people talked to me about alien spacecraft or even worse, alien bodies being recovered. I always thought, oh, this is crazy. But then the former head of the Pentagon program, Lou Elizondo, he's gone public. He went on TV in America and he's spoken to me about it. He says that the US, he believes, has recovered technology that is not human. I'll say that again, the United States government has been accused by one of its own employees of recovering hiding the fact that it has recovered alien technology mental. It, it's mental yeah. i i I, I, I there's barely a day goes by without me shaking my head at the awesomeness of
1: what that portends, yeah. what that means all right everyone welcome back to the search Today's guest is an investigative journalist and author who has worked for major TV and print news outlets and won Australia's Top Award for Journalism multiple times. Damn, hey, I'm with someone famous, eh? After a celebrated career writing stories on bikies, terrorists, political corruption, and everything in between, he's turned his attention to investigating UFOs. He says there's an overwhelming evidence of repeated sightings of intelligent flying craft in our skies and that these encounters have been covered up and discredited by governments around the world. He joins us today to talk talk us through the phenomena and how they might show that we are not alone in this universe. Welcome to The Search, Ross Coulthart. G'day, Spaniard. how are you, mate? Good brother, you've been doing this your whole life. I seen ya, I watched the doco, Channel 7. Over in America, you're proper. Mate, I try. I yeah, try. you're proper. It's funny, as, as you were <laughs> you saying my, that then, You're saying some crazy man that we've got. <laughs> he's, he's, he's proper, he's proper. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because
0: it's funny as you were saying that I was thinking, yep. oh my God, people are going to think I'm crazy. Because it does sound crazy. It sounds nuts to talk not about to UFOs. Me. Yep. Not and, and the thing about it is there is this stigma, yep. a ridicule that is attached to the subject. And when I first started out, I, st- I started writing my book when I left 60 Minutes yep. Australia about four years ago. And I thought I was going to disprove it. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to become a sceptic and prove that this was all rubbish. And what was interesting was when I started doing what I do as a journalist, which is using basic investigative journalism, interviewing people, testing evidence, I slowly came to the realisation that this is real. Mm -hmm. It really is real. And maybe it's a good starting point to tell you how – One of the things that I discovered very early on was a document in the CIA's own archives. It's the archives of America's top intelligence service, the CIA. And in that intelligence service, there is a document that records how a decision was made by the U.S. Secret Service, the the intelligence services, to ridicule and stigmatize UFOs Mm -hmm. and that the media was to be manipulated public opinion was to be manipulated and essentially the whole idea was to try to discourage people from taking an interest in the subject and as soon as I saw that document I love nothing more than proof that somebody's trying to stop me from knowing something yep. and as soon as I saw that document I thought wow this is for real yeah and the more I've dug the more I've become convinced there is a a genuine reality out there. And yes, might sound crazy, but there is a cover-up. I do think the United States government is holding on to information. And we're now at a really interesting time in history Mm. because the Congress, the US Parliament, if you like, they've passed laws, and they actually, much to the Defence Department of the United States disgust, they've passed laws saying... You don't get your money for your defence department unless and until you provide us with reports about what they call UAPs, yep. Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Really? And that means that Congress has now got to hold hearings and they've got reports coming in from intelligence services and the defence department telling them to provide information. And it's they're disclosing what they're seeing And uh, what's really fascinating is there are a lot of pilots, U.S. military pilots, and in a report that was tabled in the Congress, formally put on the floor of the Congress last year, on June the 25th last year, the world changed. It really did, mate. The the world changed because for 70 years, the United States, Australia, Britain, and other major countries around the world... Mm When people talk about UFOs, I've got mates, you know, they say they've seen things in the sky. Yep. Every, everybody kind of laughs. They yeah. all go, oh, you know, they, they think it's a joke. And we are all taught, we're all conditioned to treat it with ridicule. Yep. And the interesting thing is, as a result of that report being tendered in the Parliament of the Congress last year, the US reversed its claims. Because up until that point, they'd said, UFOs, whatever they are, they're not a threat to national security they're no threat to flight safety and absolutely uh we can explain them yep. uh, most of the time they're weather balloons or anomalous weather mm. or uh, stars satellites misidentified aircraft yep. and it turns out that was complete bs mm-hmm. and in the report that was tendered to the congress they admitted They'd looked at 144 individual sightings by mainly US military pilots. Yeah. And a lot of these sightings are still confidential.
1: Many of them, they've got videos and they've got not just yeah, videos. There's, there's, there's military videos. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen, you can see a few of them before YouTube decided to make them disappear. Yeah. But on the early YouTube, those things were very accessible. Yeah. And you would see official. Um, UK Air Force videos of some fighter jet flying and like not exact but like three little balls following and they're spinning out and those yeah. things get leaked and then magically disappear
0: but the big problem is a lot of those on the web there are people who get their kicks by making fakes of that, course that, and, and and so the and you know real-
1: what also too those people that make the fakes I've always ha- had the suspicion that That the people that are trying to hide things are the people who make the fakes. Because when you flood something with fakes, it discredits anything that is real. Like if there is 10 real videos out there and I'm trying to hide that those real videos exist or discredit them, what I do is just go make 600 fakes and then everyone goes, mate, it's full of fakes. And that's called disinformation. And Uh there are actually people in the intelligence
0: services who actually do that. And so I've actually met people who've yeah. admitted that they've they've been involved in putting false information yeah. out into the community of people who take an interest mm-hmm. in UFOs. They've deliberately put BS information out there to, to try to discredit the to discredit whole thing. The whole thing, thing yes. It's some what? basic so basic move. Let me tell you a story. This is the this is the big moment. Yeah. So in 2004, you've got A carrier battle group, you've got a gigantic aircraft carrier, the USS Nimitz, one of the biggest aircraft carriers in the US, Mm -hmm. and they always travel with multiple other vessels around them, and so they have destroyers and cruisers and other battleships around them that protect them, and they were doing rehearsals for the Gulf War, and in the course of those rehearsals, they were off the coast of California, off Baja, California, Mexico, and The radar operators on the USS Princeton, which was one of the vessels as part of this carrier battle group, they were seeing these objects up in the uh, atmosphere on their radar at 80,000 feet. Mm -hmm. And the really strange thing is we don't have a lot of aircraft that can just hover at 80,000 feet. Or even get there. Or even get there, there. yeah. And they were watching. There were hundreds of these objects just hovering at 80,000 feet. And they were monitoring them, but they couldn't do much about it. But they knew they had a carrier battle group exercise coming up where they were going to be flying aircraft. And so if those things came down into the zone where they were going to be operating, it was an emergency. It was a really big issue because they had jets, fighter jets, flying at high supersonic speeds. Mm. And so they had to know what they were. And so on the day of the um, uh, major exercise, all of a sudden these objects just suddenly went... dropped down to 28,000 feet, or in one case, they dropped down to the surface of the ocean. And they could see this on these radar systems. Just like and that, Drop, just, Not just dropped, like, slowly.
1: But this was down.
0: instantaneous no acceleration. Way. No way. And so they've estimated, scientists have estimated how fast these objects moved. And one of the estimations is that if, as appears to be the case, they didn't Slow down to decelerate. Yep. They literally went, boom, yep. and literally moved to another yeah. part of the sky instantaneously. They estimate it was a half a million kilometres an hour Jesus. in speed. Yeah, completely impossible, impossible speeds. I think it was twelve thousand. Mark was a to, more conservative a estimate. a dead
1: stop. I imagine the g-force in that. Well, it would, would turn it would trans. turn you and me into
0: pieces. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. it. So they realised they had something unusual. So they sent a pilot to go out and investigate. And on the F-18 jets that they've got, they've got these fantastic new forward-looking infrared imaging systems, beautiful optics, Mm -hmm. so that they can see what's ahead of them. And they're 20 or 30 miles out, and they pick up this object that's just hovering in the sky. Mm -hmm. Now, the cool thing about modern propulsion systems is that when you've got say, a jet flying along in the sky, it's got engines. Mm -hmm. It's got a heat source. And so on a forward-looking infrared, it glows with the heat. And if you're a pilot, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for what kind of propulsion system it was. And the really interesting thing is they couldn't see any energy. Really? It it was almost the ambient temperature of the atmosphere. But they could see a solid object there. And they flicked through all their sensor systems. They went to radar... And they've got these things called phased array radar. You know in the old movies we used to have like a clock hand yep, and it yep. used to hit something every, yep. Only every when cycle. Only goes, yeah, goes yeah. past it, yep. Now they've got these things called phased array radar where they're yep. literally squirting a beam at yep. the object. Yeah. And they can paint that object. They can not just see that it's there. Yep. They can actually detect the shape, the shape and everything, and the yeah. mass and get an idea of it. Yep. And this is what they were doing. And it was nothing that they'd ever seen before. And it completely freaked them, so they sent a pilot closer, and his name was Dave Fravor, yep. and I've spoken to Dave. But he's a really good guy, mm-hmm. and he's he's the sort of bloke that you want in charge of an a American. Flight, right? He's an American, American guy. Yep. So he gets eyes on this object he's looking at it with his eyeballs as well as with all of his optical systems and way up above him in the sky there's a thing called an e2 hawkeye which is a surveillance aircraft with all of these different sensors and down below him there's the uss princeton which is a guided missile destroyer that's got every sensor known to man yeah so there are literally hundreds if not thousands of people monitoring what happens next And so Dave comes in at about 28,000 feet and he's got a wingman with him, a woman called Alex Dietrich. Mm -hmm. She's flying another jet. And they've both got uh, people in the seat behind them in the F-18. So there are four eyes looking. And they look down and way down on the surface of the ocean, they see this white froth and they think, oh my God, a plane's crashed. So Dave says to Alex, you stay here. And so she stays circling at 28,000 feet and he starts spiraling down because you can't go straight down in a fighter jet. You've got to spiral down. So he's spiraling down. And as he's spiraling down, all of a sudden he notices there's a gigantic white cylinder that looks like a huge white peppermint. And he calls it a tic-tac after the tic-tac peppermints. And it's literally just hovering on the surface of the ocean. And as he's watching, it's going. <whistles> Jesus. Moving just across the surface yeah, of yeah. the ocean. And he and three other people see it with their eyeballs. And so he's circling down like this, and then suddenly it registers him. And as he's circling, it starts spiraling up towards him. No way. And he goes, I'm engaged, I'm engaged. Because for a combat pilot, he thinks this thing's about to go in a dogfight. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) he'll be shitting himself. And so one of the things you do as a combat pilot is there's a thing called cutting across the clock. Mm -hmm. So when you are sufficiently at a level height where this guy is, you don't just spiral anymore. You do a dive and you go down towards it. And so that's the moment. He just turns his plane and he goes supersonic towards it. And at that very moment, it just goes... Just disappears, it Just flies off. Literally, in the, in the in yeah. the blink of an eye, yeah. it has disappeared. Yeah. everybody on board, every vessel that is monitoring this yeah. sees the same thing. Yeah. the Hawkeye up, up up ahead sees the same thing. Alex Dietrichs circling above in her jet yeah. sees the same thing, and all of their backseat guys see the same thing. Multiple corroboration, yeah. multiple sensors. You can't evade the yeah. fact that this is crazy. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. they've seen something, yeah. a technology responding, and this is the cool part, Spanian. Yeah. It's a technology that's responding intelligently. It's not a life form. Yeah. It might be perhaps, but its it's a technology that's responding intelligently yeah. to the jet, and it gets better mm-hmm. because one of the things you do when you're a fighter pilot and you've had an engagement like that before they leave the briefing room of the aircraft carrier, the pilots have got a place where they, they rendezvous. And it's like, oh, shit, we've just had this really damaging experience. Let's go to the cap point. And so the cap point is, is a location at an altitude and a grid reference yep. that is secret. The only people who know it, or the only people who are meant to know it, are the pilots. Yep. And they've been given it in the briefing room yep. on the USS Nimitz before they left the ship. So they're flying 60 miles back from this location to the aircraft carrier cap point. And as they're flying, they get a call on the radio. You're not going to believe this, commando, but it's waiting for you at the cap point. No way. And the tic-tac is telling them, I know your secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm at your cap point. I'm going to the rendezvous point that you're secretly going yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's going like yeah, this. yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's unbelievable. Nobody has been able to explain that. That was the turning point where, after seventy years of denial, the U.S. military had to admit because that tape leaked. Yeah, Uh, somebody leaked it to uh, the New York Times, and it was sorry. What
1: year was that again? 2004? So it was
0: originally in two thousand and four. Yeah. And the New York Times got hold of that video yep. and ran that video in 2017, so five years ago. Yep. And since 2017,
1: it's all started oh, coming up. Oh, okay. And things so, are making sense now. Yeah, it's, because I always wondered why things like you're saying and, and other things like I'm sure you've seen, like you seen in the docker, happened, happened in Australia, I think, just multiple times where entire towns would see something. From the homeless man to the kids, to the, the police officer, sure. to, to the magistrate, to the dentist. There's, to, there's a case in Melbourne that I told a story about in my film called I think that's the Westall story, where yeah.
0: an entire school, over 200 people, yeah. looked up and saw, like, 50 to 100 feet overhead, yeah. three hovering elliptical metallic discs. Yeah. And that happened... Um, uh, uh, 1966, so 55, 56 years ago, and the the amazing thing is I've still got witnesses that were there who who testify what they saw. Yeah. And it doesn't
1: change. There, yeah. if there are certain now to and to disbelieve them. Um, means that you got to believe that they're in part of the like the full conspiracy together that they are holding true to for it's just like you know what humans are like yeah. and a lie like that's impossible yeah. you can't have 200 people all make up some lie and then come down the line and may, a year later one of them wants some type of like recognition and goes all I right, will lie and you know what I mean yeah. like it's just not humanly possible to keep up that lie so what's come out
0: since the new york times runs a story and then it came out, they got another video, so that was called the Tic Tac video, yeah. and then they got another video called the Gimbal video, mm-hmm. and that's even cooler. That was taken from the USS Theodore Roosevelt, which is another aircraft yeah. carrier, and this time it was off the east
1: coast of America. They're really interested in our military, and aren't they, are.
0: they? Yeah. And they're both of those aircraft carriers are nuclear powered, Yeah. and the Americans would never admit this, but they are armed with nuclear weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... The interesting thing is there is
1: a very strong it's like they link. It's like they know. I think they do. Yeah, it's like they know that we're holding stupid amounts of power in, the, and it's like they're supervising it. It's like, what are these idiots doing? Yeah. Well, one <laughs> of the things you'd see in my film, uh, and if anybody wants to watch it, yep. it's
0: seven spotlight, just put UFO in and it'll come yeah, up. it'll come up, yeah. I think we called the first one the phenomenon and the second one the secrets of the UFOs. Yeah. But... One of the things we, we, we put in the film was I did an interview with a guy called Robert Salas. Mm-hmm. And just to make that point about the connection between nuclear weapons and these anomalous objects, yeah. Robert is a uh, former ICBM missile commander. Yep. And so he lives now, he's in retirement, but he now lives in California. But when he was, you're my age, well, I'm a bit older than you, but yep. you know, when he was in his 20s, yeah. he, he basically. Um, Uh, was the guy who turned the key to launch nuclear weapons in Mm -hmm. the event of nuclear war. Hell of a responsibility. And so he's literally in a silo, 100 feet underground, and he's got security guards with guns upstairs who patrol. And it's a perfectly normal night, and he's in charge of 10 nuclear missiles pointed at the Soviet Union. Mm. And he's got this key round his neck in the event of... um, War being declared, they get codes sent, they turn the keys, yeah. the missiles launch and World War Three happens. Yeah. Insane, but that's what we've lived with for the last yeah. 50, 70 years. All of a sudden, the security team upstairs, because he's locked in the silo, they ring him and they say, Sir, Captain, there's a glowing object hovering over the silo. And he goes, well, monitor it. And obviously, you know, you have authorization to use deadly force if you need to, to defend the site. Then they ring them back 10 minutes later, and this time they're screaming down the phone line because now it's a craft.
1: This is where again? This is
0: in the middle of the Midwest of America, near um, uh, a big Air Force base where they've got dozens and dozens and dozens of these ICBM silos. and. Robert's concerned, but because of the protocols, he's not allowed to leave his bunker. Yep. He's responsible for these missiles. And at the, at the moment, all the lights are on saying everything's ready. There's nobody trying to break into the silo, so he just forgets about it. He says, okay, monitor it upstairs. If you have to defend the place, defend it. Yep. And then all of a sudden, bing, 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 every single missile goes offline. Really? And it was like... I mean, it is. It's, he believes whatever that was up there, it was meddling with the missiles and taking them offline. Yeah. And it was like he believes strongly that it was sending a message that you humans are crazy. You yeah. Know, you're playing with nuclear weapons. You know, th- these are insane. And while I was doing my research, I spoke to a former Russian colonel, now retired, who said a similar thing happened in a Soviet nuclear missile silo except this time instead of turning the missiles off it really scared the hell out of them because it cycled the missiles up and literally they went from being inactive to being one button away from launch. So complete standby just like ready to go. And there's all these Russians running around pulling their hair out going how the hell do we stop this? And it was like it was sending a message yeah. to them saying, what the hell are you doing? And, and so it,
1: these people, when it's happening, they're obviously, it's all, they're all witnessing it. Well, who are they telling? Well, like this, quick, this again, yeah. this is
0: really interesting because one of the most common things, I do a lot of talking about yeah. this, and I, I, one of the most common things I get from people is, why don't I know more about this? Yeah. You know, why isn't this talked about more? And the interesting thing is, it is in the right places. Yeah. And so, for years, there's been a lot of people who take the issue of what have previously been called UFOs, unidentified flying objects, now UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena, or as some people say, unidentified anomalous phenomena. For years, these people have been marginalised and that people have laughed at them. And as a journalist, I was taught, I was working on a major national newspaper, the Sydney Morning Herald, and you were taught you don't do UFO stories. Yeah. So where we're sitting here in Sydney, um, I was on the desk of the Sydney Morning Herald on a Sunday and my job was to answer the phone when people rang up with stories. Yep. And, and I had to assign a reporter to go out and cover it. Oh, yeah. And um, a lady rang from Parramatta yep. and she said, you're not going to believe this, but I've just taken a photograph of a craft hovering over my washing line. Yeah. And I, I laughed. And she said, no, I'm serious. This is really serious. Yeah. And, um, and I said, well, uh, you know, this was a day, the days of film cameras. And I said, look, is it possible you can get your film to our office? We'd yeah. like to have a look at it. So in the end, she brought the film in and we had it developed by our photographic editor. And it's amazing. I've still got the photo somewhere. Yeah. It's a, literally a lenticular metallic disc, clear as day, hovering <laughs> over yeah. a house. And so I remember I said to the editor of the paper at the time who came in on the Sunday afternoon a bit later, and I said, oh, look, we've got this amazing image that a woman's brought in from Parramatta of what looks like a, a UFO over yeah. Parramatta. And I still remember he said to me, he said, Roscoe, we don't do stories about UFOs. UFOs are bullshit. Yeah. And I said, but whatever what is this photo? is, it's real. Yeah. I, I said, At woman, least have a
1: look at it. Yeah, this woman hasn't even yeah. faked it. I said, yeah. I want
0: to take it out of her camera. Yeah. I said this
1: is real. He just doesn't care, eh?
0: Well, I think there's like a mental block. I think there's a generation of editors, in television, executive producers, management of media organisations who've been acculturated to the idea that this is just to be ridiculed. Yeah. And so as a journalist who's... I also
1: think maybe there's... That 100% true, but there may be even... Maybe even constraints... To, their, to, to them being allowed at certain points. Well, I'll be, be
0: honest with you, Spanny, and I've, I've worked in journalism a lot. Um, nobody's ever told me not to run a story. Yeah, uh, I mean, A lot of people think that there are sort of dark forces that go and tell people like me not to run a story. Yeah. But, mate, I promise you, it's like red rat to a bull. Yeah. If somebody told me not to run a story, I promise you I'd run it out and I'd print it out and put it on post office boxes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, there's no way... It's very yeah. hard yeah. for the state to stop a story from being run. The only times I've been stopped from telling stories, and I I understand why, is when I've had the names of intelligence operatives. You know, accidentally I've known the name of spies or where releasing information might jeopardise the fair trial of a criminal, uh, an alleged criminal. Um, And so, you know, I I, I don't mind that. But the idea... I I don't buy into conspiracy theories a lot at all, which is why... This whole UFO story is fascinating to me because I went into it thinking I'm pretty quickly going to be able to disprove this UFO stuff. You know, I'll be able to knock it off in six months. I'll do a film about it for 60 minutes or one of the shows, and it'll be fun. We'll be able to debunk UFOs. It'll be like Flat Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I went into it thinking with that attitude that I'll be intensely sceptical. And I can remember I was over in um, Washington, D.C. for 60 Minutes. And a friend of mine in the Defense Department here in Australia had told me to go and talk to a particular guy. And he was in the U.S. Air Force. And he agreed to meet me in Washington, D.C. in a bar in Georgetown Mm -hmm. at about 7.30 at night. And so we're sitting like this across a table. And I go, look, I'm I'm thinking about writing a book about (laughs) UFOs. And he's really serious with me. And I say, what do you think about that? And he goes, it's a really good idea. And then I realise he's he's actually quite solemn. He's quite serious, and I go, "Well, what's what's your position on UFOs?" And he said, "Oh, they, they're, they're indisputably real." I said, "What do you what do you mean?" Mm. I said, I, "I accept that there are things that we can't recognise in the sky, but you know, you're not talking about little green men, are you?" And he goes, "I don't know what they are, but he said whatever they are, they're intelligent, they're light years ahead of us in technology, and we've got." thousands and thousands of reports about them that we've been covering up for years
1: and i and i, what and is I went that about what do you reckon that's about like why, are, why they, are they doing that because like, i question like and and you gave me some insight into it before now with that uh footage being released they're in a position where they have to but i was always i'm i'm the opposite like of hey like After 36 years, I've come to the position that if the government tell me the sky's blue, (laughs) I will start that it's red until. No, that's how I am with every single thing. And that's like, yeah, yeah, like if they say it's blue, I'll be like, all right, it's red. But like, like, (laughs) my
0: current theory is this. And as I'm telling you this, I've been given this idea by a lot of people I've spoken to. This is kind of a coalescence of. What I've concluded yep. For the moment yep. is my current State of the situation Where you're, you're at. at Yeah I'm in no doubt Whatsoever That there is An intelligent Phenomenon Yeah it's, it's an intelligence Of some kind It may be Future human mm-hmm. It may be us From the future Yeah It could be Extraterrestrial I don't know Yeah It could be it Could inter- live amongst us it, it, Exactly Could be something Living amongst well, us Well I, I yeah. think there's There's evidence To suggest that it yeah. is Yeah It could be interdimensional, you know, how people say that we live in a Mm multidimensional universe. But one of the um, terms that has been coined by the experts, uh, there's a guy called Lou Elizondo, who's become a friend of mine. And when The New York Times did the big expose in 2017... Uh, December 15th, 2017 about the Tic Tac video and then the gimbal video. Oh, and by the way, yeah. the, the, the video from the USS Theodore Roosevelt.
1: Yeah, yeah, we didn't get into that. Yeah, that was, that was really <laughs> yeah, cool because yeah.
0: what you see on that, and I've spoken to people who've seen the whole video, Yeah. and the cool thing is they've got it on an at Fleur again, a forward-looking infrared, yeah. and it's literally an object and it's in hover and it, there's no heat source, yep. so there's no engines holding it up. Yep. Like for something to hover,
1: are these windowless? Is it um,
0: sometimes they've been seen to have windows, oh, yep, but yep. but often they're just like a hovering tube, a, a tube or yep, a, ho- yep. a hovering lenticular disc. Yep, and they see it swivels like this. Mm-hmm and that's why they call it the gimbal because it literally rotates on right, a gimbal like
1: a gimbal yeah and
0: some people have tried to suggest it was just a distant jet turning and you know that, that on the that's spot. yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. but all of the analysis now shows that that doesn't explain this yeah. and there was another one called the gofast where you see a little orb object scooting across the surface of the ocean yep. really really fast now what happened was When the New York Times ran these videos in 2017 and eventually right through to 2020, they were leaking a lot of information that had been leaked to them from inside the U.S. Defense Department. A guy came forward called Lou Elizondo, Mm -hmm. and it turned out he was a former counterintelligence agent working for the office of the Undersecretary of Defense Intelligence. He was a spy working for you, the you're U.S. You're good def- at
1: remembering these labels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a spy <laughs> working for sentences. the U.S. Defense Department. <laughs> yeah.
0: And he was hired secretly to investigate UFOs. Yeah. And it turned out that between 2007, 2008, and 2012, the U.S. did a secret investigation into UFOs. Yeah. And he led that program. Now, he's told me, In interview that he thinks whatever it is, is a technology and he uses words like craft, vehicle. But he coined a term called the five observables and it's a really useful way of distinguishing these weird objects from other things. They all are capable of instantaneous acceleration, just like that tic-tac. They don't have to wind up to go from naught to 20,000 miles an hour. They can literally go from zero standing to 20,000 miles an hour in, well, one guy said it was the blink of an eye, yeah. 0.78 of a second. Yeah. They can do hypersonic speeds like 10, 20, 30, 300,000 yeah. kilometres an hour. Yeah. I- incredible, impossible speeds. Yeah. For us, yeah. um, they're capable of trans-medium travel. And this is the really interesting thing yeah. that th- they can go through the atmosphere and then hit the water and they they displace the water so quickly like it's like they're not even hitting the water if you and i were in an aircraft and we flew towards water we'd crash in like cement
1: so the water makes
0: way for it the, the water is almost displaced by these objects and they've been measured by submarines and by sonar from ships Travelling at 500 knots underwater. Yeah, in some cases, supersonic speeds underwater. With like that I- resistance I- is I- crazy. Impossible. Yeah. Impossible. So the other thing they do is um, a positive lift. And essentially, that means they're sitting in the sky for no apparent reason. Yeah. Like, you know, for you and I to hold a plane in the air, we've got to have gigantic Rolls-Royce engines or Stratton Stratton engines, and they're basically holding that aircraft up, or rocket engines like Elon Musk's SpaceX. For some reason, these things are able to hold themselves in the sky in ways that are, to quote Elizondo, breakthrough technology. So Lou became a whistleblower. He's stuck his neck out. He's gone public and said, I'm quitting the Defence Department. So, so he's c-
1: discovered this staff as part of an investigator for the government. Sure. And he's now coming out and, and, yeah.
0: and yeah. Some people speculate that he's still secretly working for the government. <gasps> and, you know, who knows? That may be the case. But the interesting thing is, is that we're now going through a process of kind of begrudging admission. By the government that yeah okay we've known about these things for years yeah. and so what happened was there's a guy who i also know called chris mellon who's a former very senior bureaucrat in the u.s department of defense yeah. and the really interesting thing about mellon is he's from the really rich mellon family who own a huge chunk of the american oil business and oh, okay. like they're worth billions but he's committed himself to public life and one of the things he's committed himself to is cracking open the truth about uaps because he's flatly of the belief that the united states government is concealing stuff that yeah. it should be revealing and he was the guy who helped the new york times tell the stories about the tic tac the gimbal and the go fast the various objects that were filmed on video mm. now, Both Elizondo and Mellon lobbied the Congress. They went to individual Republican and Democrat senators and congressmen, and they pushed them to make a requirement in the law saying, you don't get any defence funding unless you tell us the truth about UAPs.
1: I love that. Yeah, it's cool. It's
0: absolutely amazing because the interesting thing is, is I discovered when I went to the States I was very privileged. I was able to go a lot to the United States for my job. And so yeah. I'd go and meet congressmen and I'd talk to spies and yeah. soldiers. And often a lot of it was off the record. But it was very helpful because it made me realise... Like you able to talk like, to, looking back, craziest people, eh? Mate, I've, I've had some amazing conversations. I feel very privileged. And as a journalist, I'm actually kind of laughing because... Yeah. A lot of my colleagues in the media still take the piss with me and yeah. they say, Oh, Roscoe, you're interested in UFOs. And I go, Yeah, I am. They're real. And yeah. they go, Ha ha ha. And it's funny because as of June the 25th last year, yeah. the first report came in from yeah. what's called the UAP Task Force. Yeah. And you know what they said? UFOs, UAPs are real. And, you know, know, that was the moment where I started winning the arguments at dinner parties. How good is
1: that when, you know, they got obvious... And I understand why, but there's, you know, those type of people that they need to be told by a government official something before they believe it. And now that's official. I mean, I'm telling you... Now that's official. It's like, and so I just like, you know... I just want to know what all those people say now. Those people that ridiculed that those people mate, that laughed about it. They still take the piss. I'm, I'm, I was at a
0: party recently, and we were having—I was having a drink with a mate of mine, and he was going, "Oh, how's your UFO thing?" Yeah. And it's funny because people don't realise the incredible significance yeah. of what the U.S. government has now admitted. Yeah. Yeah. The Pentagon, the most powerful military on the planet, is admitting that yeah. there is a technology that they cannot explain
1: it's it's beyond like we can't even grasp the how big that is Mm. everything from religious people to to just the common it it affects everything like admitting that there is another whatever it is whether that ufo or the uap itself is a life force or not it's it shows that another life force exists to create it well it's it goes so deep They're very careful what they say.
0: No, they're very careful what they say. But in the report that was tendered to the Congress, there were a number of really important admissions. So they investigated between 2004 and 2021, they investigated 144 individual cases. And a lot of these were cases like the Tic Tac, the Gimbal, and the Go Fast, where they've got videos, they've got radar data, they've got. Super sensitive satellite data. You know, Mm. they've got really good sensor systems that have monitored these objects. And out of those 144 cases, guess how many they were able to prove what they were? One. One. So 143 of all of those 144 cases are still unidentified
1: unidentified and
0: they're all demonstrating those five observables i told you really instantaneous acceleration hypersonic velocity Positive lift, transmedium travel, but they're
1: still very, uh, they're still very um, careful how they word. It's but, not like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't might get notice me wrong if it was a court of law before that evidence, you'd be found guilty off the bat. Yep. But they're still wording it very carefully, sure. like up- yeah, something's flying up and down, and we don't know what it is. But look, yeah. well, I mean, I I know. I'm not just saying I'm speculating. Yeah.
0: I know the U.S. knows a lot more than it's letting on. Yeah, yeah, I know for a fact. Sorry, I was
1: gonna ask that. I was gonna say like obviously when you said with the disinformation and I hate that there's so much disinformation that discredits it and, but like to what extent because when you were saying that in 2008 to 2012 they had an investigation into whether these UFOs or UAPs were real what were they and then it makes me think because you know how there's so many of those stories about since the 60s like there's extreme um, like looks on this people say since the 60s they have they have aliens they have aliens and the aliens are underground in Roswell and they've talked to them I, and all I, this stuff. I, I just
0: don't know about that. Yeah, okay. But
1: what I can tell you
0: is when I was doing my research, I thought, okay, let's assume that there are all these officials that worked at secret places. Yeah. And what I did is I used my skill set as a journalist to figure out who those officials would be. So I went through government records and I figured out, for example, who was the head of research and development for the US Navy in these years. And just to give you an example, one of them was a guy called Nat Kobitz, K-O-B-I-T-Z. And so I got Nat Kobitz's home address because I was worried that if I rang these people... I would leave a trail, a digital trail yeah. and I didn't want to compromise those people yep. as sources because as a journalist I have an ethical obligation, a, almost a legal obligation to protect people who give me information All right. and if I ring somebody or email them I'm leaving a trail. Yeah. So what I did was I wrote letters, good old fashioned snail mail letters and mm. I put stamps on them and yep, posted yep, yep. them and I sent one off to Nat and he lived in Baltimore in the east coast of the USA. And I honestly didn't expect to get letters back. Yeah. But all of a sudden one day my phone rang. And he was calling me on an encrypted app called Signal. Yep. So he knew he was calling me on a on a confidential communications protected communication system. Yeah. Anyway, is that Ross? And I went, "Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I went, Oh, heavens, is is that Nat Kobitz? Yeah. And this is a guy who did all the um, research and development for the US Navy for about 30 years. No way. He designed all their secret boats, and he even designed bits of spacecraft for the Apollo missions and things like that. Anyway, we got to know each other, and sadly, he was dying. He was dying from cancer. Yeah. And after we'd built up a bit of a friendship, after a month or so, he said, look, I, I know you're writing a book on UFOs. Why don't you ask me the question? Mm-hmm. So I asked him the question. And what I asked him about was claims that there have been crash retrievals, yeah. that, that there have been recovered technology, that the US has recovered technology. And before I tell you what he told me, I'll tell you that the official position of the US government from the Obama White House when they responded to a petition asking mm-hmm. for them to be transparent about this yeah. is denial. They have categorically denied that they are in possession of recovered technology. And there was a similar qualified denial to the Congress when they held a hearing, a public hearing, just last week into UFOs. Nat Kovitz, though, knowing he was about to die, and he died about two months after I interviewed him, I said, Nat, are you aware, were you ever read into, were you ever briefed about a crash retrieval program for UFOs, UAPs. I'm
1: getting goosebumps. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps. Oh, man, I yeah. was. Yeah.
0: I really was. And there's this pause. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, he's going to get annoyed with me. Uh, you know, Because yeah. you know when you're, you're asking, asking a it, stupid question. Yeah, it's and like, blah, blah, a, blah, you know, yeah. I was almost embarrassed to ask yeah, the question. Yeah. And there's this really long pause. Like you could hear a pin drop and I can just hear the sizzle, the trans sizzle on yeah. the, <laughs> the static. And then he goes... Yes. No way. But I was never read out of it. So there's not much I can tell you.
1: No way. Now,
0: being read into a program like that, they have these things in America for secrets. They're called special access programs. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And they're the biggest secrets of all in the US government. And it's top secret, but it's also compartmentalized. So In order for you to know that secret, you actually have to be read into it. And it literally means you're sat down in what's called a secure information facility, compartmentalized information facility. And they literally put a bit of paper in front of you and you read it and it tells you all the secret. And so he was read into a crash retrieval program. Now, Nat is brilliant or was a brilliant man. And he's a patriot. He loved his country, Mm -hmm. indisputably cared passionately about America. He acknowledged to me that he could see no good reason why the public couldn't know what he was telling me.
1: Mm.
0: Now, you asked me at the beginning of this conversation, why are they keeping it secret? And I I think about this often. And I think the best explanation is what he told me, that they have recovered technology. He he told me that they have recovered craft, spacecraft.
1: Uh, that's crazy. I know,
0: it's amazing. And then I asked him about things like Roswell, Aztec, yeah. and other alleged crashes yeah. or discoveries of recovered non-human technology. Notice I didn't say alien.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, he told me that he was he never directly saw these craft, but that he was briefed about it because yeah. he was the head, essentially, of research and development for the US Navy.
1: Yeah.
0: He, though, introduced me to people and... I was then introduced to other people who told me about what's called the program. Now, I'm not definitive about this, Spanian, because I haven't seen those craft. Of course. And until I see it with my eyeballs and verify, yes, that is a technology that is not human, it's not of this world, I really won't believe it because there is always the risk That i'm being fed what's called disinformation oh yeah
1: yeah yeah. that
0: the us is trying to feed information to me as a credible journalist to try and put the russians off or put the chinese off from screwing with them so there's always that possibility but i think the reason why the most plausible explanation for why this has been kept secret is that the us has had this technology for many many years possibly since world war ii yeah and they've been trying to back engineer it. Mm-hmm. And there's only a few people in the military who actually know that the US military has possession of it. And in fact, it's hidden, I believe, in private aerospace inside a private company. Because yeah. that's the way you do it. You're trying to avoid the freedom of information laws, you're trying yeah. to avoid oversight by Congress. And so, in the um, last week, there was a hearing oh, before really?
1: the. So, 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 you, so, hide it in a private company, like yeah. a, a private property place.
0: Yeah. So instead of, for example, keeping it in the Defence Department yeah. here in Canberra oh, right. in, in a shed, you give it to BHP and say... You
1: put it in a bunker, underground y- yeah, bunker Yeah, we want you
0: guys to back-engineer this and it gives us plausible deniability because yeah. we can say it's nothing in the Defence Department. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's what I'm told is going on. And it's very interesting because... I always laughed when people talked to me about alien spacecraft or even worse, alien bodies being recovered. I always thought, oh, this is crazy. But then the former head of the Pentagon program, Lou Elizondo, he's gone public. He went on TV in America and he's spoken to me about it. He says that the US, he believes, has recovered technology that is not human. I'll say that again. The United States government has been accused by one of its own employees of recovering hiding the fact that it has recovered alien technology
1: mental it, it's mental yeah. i i
0: i, I, I there's barely a day goes by without me shaking my head at the awesomeness of what that portents yeah. what that means but then he said it and then a whole lot of other people have said it so there's a scientist who has a security clearance as long as you're in my arm. Mm. You know, he's allowed to know all the secrets. His name's Eric Davis, Dr. Eric Davis. He works for a federally funded research development corporation called Aerospace Corporation. And he claims to have become aware of space back engineering, spacecraft back back engineering efforts. He claims that there's been a decades-long effort going on inside the US government to secretly try and develop this technology. And this is where the explanation for me happens. I I want to make this point. If you're the US or any country in the world, right now we are in probably the most dangerous period in our history. Like when I was a boy, I didn't expect to live beyond 18. I really thought I was such a bleak little bugger. I was listening to punks and yep. st- stiff little finger and he'll, thinking he'll, 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 think, he'll. Yeah, thinking, I was going to die because Ronald Reagan was president, uh, Margaret, staff, Margaret Thatcher yeah. was the prime minister in the UK. Yeah. I just thought it was inevitable we were going to have a nuclear war. Yeah. And the end of the Cold War in 1989 was the happiest moment of my life, and I was privileged as a journalist to be able to cover it.
1: Yeah,
0: and we oh, are you were so-
1: covered as a journalist. Yeah, yeah, ago. the fall yeah. of the
0: Berlin Wall and all of that—it was oh, amazing. My. It was such a privileged thing yeah. to be able to do. But the thing that really amazes me is, for much of the last few decades. Yeah we've been quite complacent we've been unaware of the dangers we still have nuclear weapons yeah. sitting in bunkers under the ground and the the bulletin of atomic scientists which is a a group of concerned scientists who monitor how dangerous the world is yeah. they say that right now is the most dangerous time in what, world history
1: they yeah these people that give that score or that clock or of the, the, doom, exactly.
0: the doomsday clock. Doomsday clock. clock. Yeah. And they
1: say that we're at like if midnight is... We're about four dooms- minutes
0: four minutes to midnight.
1: Bro, look, like, like I'm getting goosebumps now. Like, yeah. it, like what he's saying there is like, these are the people whose job is to analyse the state of world politics and the danger it presents yeah. to us who represent it as a clock, the doomsday clock they call it, funny or whatever. And when it gets to midnight that's doomsday, like we're all dead. Yeah, and it's Third at World War. Yeah. Third World War, and it is at 1156, and they're not joking about this.
0: So my theory is, and this isn't just my theory, this is people that I talk to in the U.S. military and intelligence services. My theory is is that the secret is being kept because the U.S. is trying to develop this technology so that it can develop it as a military weapon. Yeah. And that's kind of a so worry
1: a power thing yeah, yeah, because
0: the russians and the chinese are apparently trying to do the same thing because there are allegations that the russians have also recovered technology and so have the chinese and so there's this proxy so you're
1: going down this whole I, know, other, I know so there's there's this like what we see, like the old the new version of the space race yep. a reverse engineering race and the first who knows what power comes with, it's unthinkable the power that would come with reverse engineering this stuff. But you know, the, the stuff that blows my mind you would rule the world. is up until a year or
0: two ago, this was all fantasy. Yeah, yeah This was yeah, all yeah. rubbish. Nobody was saying this on the record. And the official position of the Obama White House of 2011 was, we don't. We don't have possession of recovered technology. You know, we're not in contact with aliens. There's no... If you were
1: saying this stuff on my podcast eight years ago, you probably wouldn't have a job. Yeah. 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 Now, what's happened is there's a slow, careful,
0: and I believe deliberate disclosure going on. I think the US is deliberately bringing people up to speed with the fact that, hey, guys, yeah, everything's deliberate. We've kind of been lying to you. Yeah. And I think the public is being prepared for major revelations.
1: No. You're hundred percent right. Like nothing's accidental. They yeah. they know what's going on. They they they're people that are in control of this information and what gets out? They're very smart and they're very powerful. Well, so if we're fine, they're, not, our, they're not that clever. Because, not that clever. Yeah, no. Because they are dumb. They my, are. I my love thinking it. is,
0: <laughs> I'm told there, there are different arguments. Some yeah. people say that the US has developed this technology. Some people actually say that the US has already got spacecraft that oh, they've like developed. They've done it already. Yeah, yeah.
1: So now they're preparing us. Yeah. And some people are <laughs> speculating
0: that the Tic Tac was in fact American technology okay but the american government the pentagon has formally denied that yep. it said whatever this is we promise you on the record on oath it's not ours it's Not ours, and we don't know yeah and as of last week it literally happened last week yep. the u.s congress held the first public hearings into uaps since 1968 for the first time in 54 years over half a century and two officials they were pretty pathetic they got up in before a, sele- a subcommittee of the um, uh, House Committee on Intelligence, and they testified that, yeah, it's true, there are UAP- UAPs. Mm. Um, they avoided questions about whether or not there's recovered technology. Yep. Um, they said that, to their knowledge, there was no contractual relationships with aerospace companies that might be holding this technology. They
1: worded it like that instead of yeah. saying
0: no. They just they, they gave a very equivocatory answer.
1: Because I'm sure that if that was completely fanciful and news to them, you'd just say, no, no, look, you're going too far. Exactly. That's a no, yeah. but this is what's happening. So
0: what's happened is there's a right-wing senator who's a bit of a nut called yeah. uh, Tim Burchett, yeah. and he, for example, said, this is a cover-up. Yeah. You know, and he he's actually saying what a lot of people think, yeah. even though he's a bit of a Trumper and he's a bit crazy, but not so good sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With but he's, <laughs> he's he's for the UFO yeah. community, he's yeah. their guy right yeah, now because yeah. he's actually saying what they want to hear. And so he's the public voice of a group of senators and congresspeople who are now saying, you know what? We're gonna to get to the bottom of this. And so they're having more hearings, possibly within the next two weeks. Far out. And for the rest of this year, there are going to be public officials brought before the Congress, under oath, and they're going to be asked. Well, why don't I know about this? Well, you bloody well should be, because this is one of the biggest I, stories of all time. Bro, I, like, I, I
1: watched the news like two days ago, and they're like talking yeah. some shit I mean, on there. I mean, I'm just going to give my own <laughs> podcast this. a plug for a moment, because if yeah, anybody's yeah, interested, yeah.
0: if anybody's interested, they can follow me on need-to-know Today, yep. which is a podcast, www.needtoknow.today. It's on, that's the website it's yeah. on? All right. And I've also written a book called In Plain Sight. Yeah. And if anybody wants to watch my doco, which has been seen by nearly 20 million people mm-hmm. internationally, I mean, people are really interested in yeah. this issue. Even if the mainstream media yeah, doesn't yeah. cover it, yeah. I can tell you people want to know about it. They really mm-hmm. do. And mm-hmm. people are very, very interested and there's kind of an expression that Wait,
1: where's that where's that doco though? That's
0: on Channel Seven's YouTube page. Oh, yep, Channel 7's if you YouTube just put page, yep. into YouTube Channel Seven yep. or Seven Network, or even just write your name there, Ross, Ross yeah. Kultart, yeah. Yep. Coulthart, C O U L T H A R T, you'll yeah. find my docos. And yeah. I did two docos last year, and they have gone nuts. Yeah. And it's made me realise I'm on the money. You know, I really do. I mean, I, you know, it's interesting. Like on. Um, on weekend sunrise on Channel Seven, I was done. I did an interview on this last weekend, and um, they said to me they were kind of taking the piss a bit. And yeah. they said to me, "Oh Ross, you're really serious about this, aren't you? You're a serious and ins- investigative journalist. You think this is real?" And I said, "Yes, I do." And you know what? I think this is the most important story I have ever worked on. Yeah. And I do. I really do think I'm not crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've spoken to sources, some of them on the record identifying themselves, military officials, intelligence officials, former and serving, who say, yes, this is real. And they're actually saying, not only can we not identify 143 out of those 144 objects that we looked at, it's a national security problem. It is a national security problem and that's that's a reversal, that's a reversal of 70 years of denial. Denial. And they've also acknowledged it's a flight safety problem because there's been 11 near misses where pilots have actually had to avoid imminent collisions with these objects. So the US is now taking this very, very seriously and so should be the mainstream media. But the interesting thing is it's kind of being put out on the fringe on yeah, yeah. podcasts like yours yep. and mine and a lot of stuff on the, the internet, you know, podcasts on Spotify and yep. Audible and places like that. But it's real. Yeah. And what's slowly starting to happen is you've got papers, like one of the world's greatest newspapers is the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And the New York Times is now starting to do more stories about this. Really? Um, I know, for example, uh, that within a few days there's going to be another video published and it's another military video Uh, there's a a magazine called the debrief Mm -hmm. online if you just put the debrief into a search engine probably by saturday australian time there's going to be a new video that shows weird objects over a military base doing incredible things and we know that that object is unexplained now the other thing that's interesting is there are literally Dozens if not hundreds and thousands of videos that are secretly kept by the United States which have been withheld from public view Now if you had nothing to hide yeah. if you thought this was all bullshit yeah. Why would you conceal it? Well, you wouldn't Exactly
1: There's no reason to at all
0: and the US is concealing it. Yeah, they really are and and, and the interesting thing not is only
1: concealing it but like you said before taking uh, proactive efforts to disinformate, put disinformation out there. And when
0: people start asking questions, you know what they do? They ridicule it. They yeah. say, oh, Spaniard, why are you looking at that? That rubbish? old tactic. Yeah, yeah, honestly, UFOs, oh, honestly. Yeah. You, you're risking your credibility looking at UFOs. Yeah. Don't go there. You know, you're, yeah, you're a serious guy. Don't yeah, look yeah, at yeah, UFOs. Yeah, yeah. They've been lying.
1: Yeah.
0: We've been lied to. And as a journalist, I find that very confronting because one of the things as a journalist that you're taught not to do is to believe in a cover-up. Mm. Because more often than not, it's not a cover-up, it's a screw-up. Yeah. More often than not, things get concealed because bureaucrats are just covering their asses. Yeah. They, they don't want to admit that they yeah. lost that $2 million. As they, opposed they, to some pre- they don't want conspire, to admit that that damn yeah. wall wasn't quite high enough. Yeah. You know, Cover-ups happen because of incompetence. Yeah. In this case, the evidence is overwhelming. There are documents that show the cover-up. For example, when I was doing my research, I learned about a project called Operation Moondust Mm -hmm. or Project Moondust. And this happened in the 1960s and probably also into the 1970s. And publicly, at least, when it was talked about by the CIA, it was ostensibly for the recovery of Russian, Chinese or any other foreign country's space objects, bits of satellites, bits of rockets. And in part, it was. But then under the Clinton presidency, the CIA was forced to declassify, to remove the security uh, constraints yep. on a whole lot of their old historical files. And there in those files, you know what they record? They've got Project Moondust reco- recovering from places like Pakistan and Afghanistan. Craft. No way. Discs. Metallic discs. And you asked me earlier about it's windows. There's, there's one that's 15 meters wide, and it's got windows, yeah. and it's metallic, and they don't know what it is, yeah. and they literally load it on the back of a truck and take it back to the United States. Now, those files were kept secret 50 years ago, yeah, yeah, when yeah. I was a little boy. And the incredible thing is, to this day, we don't know yeah. what it was that they recovered. Yeah. They've never told us. And in fact, they've denied for years that they were involved in recovery of any kind of spacecraft. Yeah. I think the evidence is becoming overwhelming that we've been lied to.
1: Oh well, like I said, if it was a court of law, you'd have been found guilty a long time sure. ago. On <laughs> one tenth the evidence.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and it's it's quite an amazing time because uh, normally organizations like the Congress, normally they fight. The yep. Democrats hate the Republicans, and the yeah. Republicans hate the Democrats. But you know, in the midst of the January sixth insurrection last year, where they stormed the Congress, you yep. know, everybody hates each other in the yep. Congress. Yep. But you know, the one thing they agree on right now: UFOs. Yes. Really? Yeah, they really do. They want to get to the bottom of it. So and they I've don't had
1: bicker and nothing. No, it's just like let's go. Let's no, do because
0: this. they've all realised they've been lied to. And i I've, I've had yeah. conversations with two senators yep. where they've actually said. We want to get to the bottom of this, and we're determined to. So hearings start again. Public hearings start again in two weeks. And more importantly, behind the scenes, there are private hearings where witnesses are being called. And there are mind-blowing allegations, allegations of recovered non-human technology, spacecraft, being secretly held, concealed, and back-engineered by the United States. Now, it may very well be that this is being kept secret for good reasons, in which case, let's hear those reasons. But the interesting thing is that if there isn't a good reason, people are going to go to jail because crimes have been committed. People have been discredited. People's lives have been destroyed. There are even people who've been hurt, physically hurt, because they've made inquiries about UAPs. I mean, the people have disappeared. So it's quite sinister, yeah. and now it's almost like a movie. I, I find it incredible because,
1: and as of the as front of, front of it, as <laughs> of, as of last week, of yeah.
0: the U.S. Congress is holding public hearings yeah. into UAPs. That would have been unthinkable five yeah. years ago.
1: Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you pleasure, so mate. much for coming on. No problem, buddy. Mate, Good to talk no, to you. Yeah, Cheers. Beautiful.